0: Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 110 of the Speaking Club podcast. I wanted to start this show off with a quote from Oscar Wilde. A grapefruit is just a lemon that saw an opportunity and took advantage of it. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. First of all, thank you for joining me again this week. As you may have guessed, the inspiration for this show is obviously what's happening at the moment. Corona. Not the nice kind. Ice cool and served with lime from the beer fridge. No, the nasty one that's scuppering all our plans. But I hope that this episode will stand the test of time and you'll find what I'm sharing gives you food for thought and inspiration whenever you're facing an obstacle that's slowing you down, stopping you or getting in your way whether it's created by something outside of you or your internal thoughts and beliefs. Cool. So here's what I want to talk about. I want to give you some mindset tips that have been helping me deal with the situation. Then I want to share a few practical suggestions and examples for what to do if your speaking gig, event or workshop has been cancelled or your business is losing clients. But before all of that, I want to tell you a story. I'm a bit of a Star Trek fan. And I'm watching the latest spin-off series called Picard. It's centred around Jean-Luc Picard, one of the finest Starship Enterprise captains ever. And it's given me a bit of an aha moment about what's going on. So here's the story, right? The premise of the series is that a terrible thing happened sometime in the distant past that resulted in many deaths. Those that survived left a warning and a prophecy about a future destroyer. The warning was delivered as a terrible vision you see in your mind. And most of the people in the in the episode that I saw that saw the warning went mad. But the rest of them formed a secret organization to make sure the horrible event never happened again. Now, the operatives from this organization, they infiltrated the establishment across the galaxy and were on the lookout for this destroyer. The trouble was that the fear of what might happen was causing them to instigate their own atrocities, which caused massive loss of life. In essence, this organisation became the thing that they feared. And in the episode I just watched, Jean-Luc Picard summed up the problem brilliantly as ever. The past is done, but you can rewrite the future. It's not this destroyer we need to be scared of. Fear is what we need to be afraid of. Fear becomes the destroyer boom profound well at least I thought so and uh, so that's why I'm sharing it with you so in the scenario we're facing today fear I believe is what we also need to be afraid of because fear is making us waste our energy on fighting what is rather than accepting the situation so that we can shift from what is to what is possible fear is making us view the world through the lens of scarcity and that's leading us to doubt ourselves and to puts on a spending paralysis that damages our economy even more. And the scarcity mindset is also causing this ridiculous panic buying and creating profits for those unscrupulous people selling toilet rolls and baby food and private hospital beds at inflated prices. And finally, fear is blinding us to opportunities and it shuts us down and steals our dreams. Like It's completely natural to feel the fear. I'm feeling it myself. I don't believe we should be giving our attention to it. I'm not saying that we should ignore what's going on. And of course we should follow the guidance and stuff. But I'm just saying that we shouldn't let fear rule us, govern our behaviour and make our decisions. A lot of people are going to retreat and give up on their dreams to play it safe. It's Understandably. But I believe more than ever we need to keep the faith build our skills and look for opportunities so that we come out of this crisis and any crisis we face in the future stronger. Okay, so let's have a look at mindset first. There are three things that are working to help me get through these tough times. And I'm right there with you if, you, if you're if you going through them. I was smack bang in the middle of a launch of my story-led speaking program when the full-blown impact started to hit. So things didn't exactly go to plan. So the first thing that I did is moan. But I made it time limited to 10 minutes. I still have the occasional lapse when something new happens or occurs to me that's frustrating about the situation. And two nights ago, I even lost it at a comedy gig and got emotional in front of an audience. More on that in next week's show. But I only allow myself that narrow window. So my advice is moan, but give yourself a time window to stop and stick to it. The second thing I've been doing is practicing Byron Katie's recipe for happiness. And that is loving what is. I can't change this situation. And after my moaning window, there is no point in fighting against it. There's an NLP saying that that goes, whatever you resist persists. So in this situation, it means that if you keep railing against reality, you're going to get stuck there. So the first way through an obstacle is accepting that it's there. Once you accept a situation, you can start to shift from seeing it just for what is to seeing what's possible. Once you accept something, you take back control and choice about how to react to that thing. I'm sure you've heard people say that their biggest problems ended up being the best thing that happened to them. Another Starship Enterprise captain, James T. Kirk, sums this up nicely too. Our species can only survive if we have obstacles to overcome. You remove those obstacles. Without them to strengthen us, we will weaken and die. And the last thing that I've been doing is around mindset is working on my relationship with money. I've read two books recently. One's called Dollars Flow Easily to Me, or Flow to Me Easily, I think, by Richard Dotz. And the other is The Illusion of Money by Carl Cease. And I've been so much more positive because of what I've discovered about myself and my relationship to money in these books. One of the first things that you have to do is write out all your beliefs about money, And when I had a go at this, I ended up with about 22. Um, Before I stopped, I probably kept going a little bit, but 22, I thought 22, I filled up the flip chart paper. And there were things like money equals security. Money doesn't grow on trees. If you watch the pennies, the pounds will look after themselves. When I'm rich, dot, 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 I'll never have money. Money doesn't stick around for me. I'm unlucky with money and so on. But once I started paying attention to these things, these sort of beliefs that you know I I had perhaps sometimes not even aware of it I was so shocked by how much of my time was spent thinking and talking about money now I haven't got time to go into the books in lots of detail today maybe that's another episode but my biggest epiphanies and takeaways from this money work have been my security and happiness come from inside of me not from money My value isn't defined by how much money I have or haven't got. Money shouldn't be the deciding factor on following my dreams. And the way that I've been thinking about money has probably been pushing it away rather than attracting it to me. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, that's all very well, Sarah, but I am worried about money. I need to keep a roof over my head. Thanks. I understand. I've been there But worrying and thinking negatively about money doesn't bring it to you. Action does. Like the moaning, it's fine to worry, but limit the time for worrying and don't make your financial situation mean anything about you. I'd recommend you check those books out if you want to find out more. And I'll put the links to those in the show notes, along with the link to Byron Katie's site, All About the Work and Loving What Is. Okay, next, let's move on to some ideas for what to do with your content and talk if your gig or event or workshop is cancelled. Now, number one, you could go online. You can make it into an online webinar. You can do a coaching program online or a YouTube video series from that same talk. If you were speaking at a big event, then you could also ask the organiser if they would be able to let the delegates know about your webinar or video so that they can still get access to your talk, or maybe the company could stream it over their internet via Zoom. Number two, you could launch a podcast and turn your talk into the first few episodes or get a guest spot on an existing podcast to share it. Maybe you could turn the talk into a book or an audiobook. Could you create a Facebook group or LinkedIn group and an event around the topic of your talk and do a Facebook or LinkedIn live? You may be thinking, "Well, isn't everyone going to be doing the same thing?" Well, maybe, but everyone else isn't you, and the number of people at home looking to have some downtime from Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus—I think my sister said was coming out today—anyway, they'll they want some time away from these things to grow themselves, and that market's going to be huge. What have you got to lose? Hopefully, that's given you some food for thought for what to do with your talk. Now I want to look at some ideas that if you've lost clients or your business is struggling because of the situation or the obstacle that you're facing. And the most obvious question, considering people are going to be mostly working from home, is can you take all or part of your business online? Similar to the talk. Let me give you some examples. One of my clients runs live boot camps, which have had to be cancelled. And she's done two things about this. She's running the last workshop online, And she's going to be launching an online paid membership, which is actually going to be a better model for her as it's more scalable and is giving more support at a more affordable price for those people that she's trying to help. Another company that works with schools is developing a new online resource, but for parents to support and reinforce the learning for kids whilst the schools are shut. And my daughter's university is going to be conducting lectures and tutorials online. And there are so many tools out there available to use to get your business online. You may have to approach things slightly differently, but it is possible. And if you're scared of technology, don't be. There's so much free help to learn from the software platforms themselves and other places online, YouTube, uh, all sorts. I also wanted to give you an example of a bricks and mortar business That is thinking of what is possible. My sister-in-law, well, soon to be, as I'm getting married in October, all being well, runs a pub in a village here in the UK. And that pub, they've turned themselves into both a takeaway and a village shop, which is keeping the business ticking over and all the staff employed. I truly believe that the path around or over or through the obstacle may lead us to a better place. But the most important thing is not to give up. And another critical uh, thing is to ask for help if you need it. Now, I do love a system and a process. As I always say, I believe that's where creativity comes from. So I've put together eight steps for you to follow If you have obstacles, problems, and challenges in your path, firstly, you need to moan, as I said. Let out your frustrations, but limit your time for doing it. Step number two is to accept the problem, challenge, or situation so that you can start to think about what is possible and move forward. Three is to get the knowledge, gather the facts and information about the situation and possible solutions. Step four is to evaluate what you've found. And then step five is to make an informed decision. Step six, I want you to take a break here. Give yourself some downtime to let the decision settle and your juices start flowing again for the next steps. And the next one is to create a strategy and plan. And then the final step is onwards to take the action needed to create your new future. And given the predominant backdrop to this episode, I thought it was fitting that if you put those eight steps together, moan, accept, knowledge, evaluate, informed decision, take a break, strategy and plan, and onwards, it spells out, make it so. Right, so your takeaways for this episode, that's one for the Trekkies there. Your takeaways for this episode are, don't let fear become the destroyer of what is possible for you and your business. Keep working on your mindset, thoughts and beliefs towards the situation, and if you need to, your relationship with money. Don't be a pessimist. In the words of Oscar Wilde again, a pessimist is someone who complains about the noise when opportunity knocks. Consider other ways of utilizing your talk or workshop to get the message out there online or in a different way. Think outside the box to consider other possibilities for the skills, experience and assets you have or that are in your business. And use the make it so process for working your way through the challenges and obstacles you're facing to come out the other side stronger and more powerful. And one last thing I want to add is please also Try and be kind, helpful and supportive to others who are facing challenges too. All of us are likely to be affected in one way or another during this particular crisis. And it's time to pull together rather than stockpile those bloody toilet rolls. (laughs) I'm going to be running some live Q&As in the Speaking Club Facebook hub. And I can help you if you have questions about speaking, story-led content marketing, podcasting and webinars or you just want another perspective on a problem. I'll be putting a link to that group plus all the other resources I've mentioned in the show notes. Coolio, thank you so much for joining me again. I hope that you found this a little bit useful. And if you did, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And please also feel free to share it with anyone else you think might benefit. Next week, I've got another great episode and a guest guest and an experiment I need your help with. But that's it for now. Stay safe, and don't forget to grab your life by the nuts and make it so. Bye-bye. You don't need to waste more time searching for an answer when the most powerful tools to becoming a great speaker and growing your business are already in your possession. Your stories. Trouble is that many people believe that either they haven't got a story to tell, or that you need to be a natural-born storyteller to use them successfully. But neither of these things are true. Everyone has stories, and I want to help you discover yours and share them more powerfully with my new freebie, My Story Wizard. In three steps, it's going to guide you to find your stories, power them up with humour and other tricks, and share them in a way that connects with your audience and sells your thing. If that sounds good to you, then head over to mystorywizard.com and go and grab yours right now.